Lord spoke to me and told me some things. He said, you'll begin to write with a new anointing. And through the music and through the singing as you minister forth, my anointing will flow out from you. Those who believe that and receive that anointing will be healed in their body. Financial need will be met. Harmony will come to the home. The yoke of bondage will be broken because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I'm David Engels, and this is the Hour of Anointing. at Calvary That Jesus Christ my hero Reduced him to a zero Rose up from the grave victoriously Sin has no dominion over me I am free I am free Jesus broke the chains that fettered me I am free when I called for Jesus to come in There I was a new creation being God rescued me from failure Gave to me his nature Recreated me a priest and king Sin has no dominion over me I am free I am free Jesus broke the chains that fettered me I am free, I am free Righteous, brand new man, that's what you see Sin consciousness is fading rapidly By meditating day and night I began to see the light That I'm the righteousness of God in Christ And sin has no dominion over me I am free, I am free Jesus broke the chains that fettered me I am free, I am free Sin has no dominion over me I am free, I am free Jesus broke the chains that fettered me
faithfulness to the ministry of another is the prerequisite to your having a ministry of your own. There's a scripture that we have that clearly shows that if you do not faithfully support the ministry of someone else, then you will never have one of your own. The Word of God says, If ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Luke 16 and 2. There is a logical extension to the law of sowing and reaping, and that law is how can you plant your own ministry without first planting ministry seeds somewhere else? You know, people can run all over the world trying to get a ministry started, but the key to God's spiritual success, and I say God's spiritual success, is this scripture in Luke 16. And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? I noticed that in Joshua chapter 1, and we began to read the first few verses of Joshua chapter 1, it talks about that God said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. And then he calls on Joshua and puts Joshua then in charge of an entire nation, actually. So if you want to put it this way, seemingly as we see him, it looks like he started at the top. But in one of the verses there in the first chapter of Joshua, it says that he was Moses' minister. And we know that he was approximately 85 years of age at that particular time, at least near that age. So that means that he had been faithful, faithful, faithful. But, you know, you can either be faithful for a few days and get out and try to do something, and you can finally, if you just keep at it, you can finally do something. But whereas if you'd spent the right kind of time working with a ministry and and submitting yourself, you know, you might say, uh, submitting yourself under the leadership of another ministry, then it could have been great like Joshua. See, Joshua became great. He wasn't just an ordinary hope that he gets a meeting this year, you know, that person. I mean, he's already leading an entire nation. As you're faithful to God in your finances, he has a very special reward for you. It's not a crown. It's not the honor sitting in a certain place in heaven. It's not a hilltop mansion. But his reward is so special that any person committed to God would hunger to receive this special reward. And we find that reward in Matthew 25. We're going to just talk about it a moment here. In verses 15 through 23, it deals with the servant and the talents. One servant, he had five talents. Another had two talents. Another one had one talent that was entrusted to his care. And then when the master left, the servant with five talents increased them to ten talents. He doubled what he had and was a good steward before the Lord. The one with two talents used them properly. He returned four to his Lord. But the one with a single or one talent buried it in the ground. He did nothing with it. Who received the rewards? Question mark. The two servants who had increased their talents. Listen to what the word of God says they were to receive for the reward. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Get that? A few things. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. So faithfulness over a few things, God makes a person ruler over many things. Wouldn't that be the greatest reward of all, to be able to hear Jesus say to you, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. No mansion could compete with that glory. No place on the street of heaven would be so sweet. No crown would wear quite as well as those words. And just think of the feeling of joy that would come for the Lord to look over to you and say, Come here, you good and faithful servant. 
That reward is yours in eternity, but it must be purchased right here. You must take whatever God gives you, one talent. Did he give you two talents? Plant it in his work so he can multiply it again to be used for his glory. It's the plan of salvation. That plan of salvation will work as we are givers and we are doers. It's the only way that I know whereby God can say to you, well done, my good and faithful. See, there's good and then there's faithful. My good and faithful servant. And notice the other key line in this particular scripture. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Maybe you only have a little money. I will make thee ruler over many things. So let's be faithful in what we have or who we are. If you want to rule over many things, if you want God to trust you with the true riches, if you expect God to honor your own ministry, then your path is clear. Hear his word and obey his word. It seems as though the children of God go through many different phases in their Christian walk. One of the popular cries that I hear is, Oh, I just know the Lord is getting ready to use me in a mighty way. Maybe he is getting ready to use you in a mighty way, but it's my experience that he expects some basic things from us first. And the most essential expectation is our faithfulness. I do not think there is anything nearer to God's heart than faithful stewards who work and accomplish his purpose each and every day of their life. Let's look a little bit deeper into this, faithfulness. Let me show you a verse of scripture with such a powerful thought to it that I want you to let it infiltrate your life, memorize it, practice it, diligently look at it. Let it be a part of your daily relationship with God. The scripture is 1 Corinthians 4, 2, which reads, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Notice it doesn't say mighty, but it says faithful. Notice it doesn't say it is desired or it is suggested or it would be nice if it says it is required. There's a great deal of difference between that which is desired and that which is required. There are many desirable things a steward could have, talent, natural ability, good personality, energy, but none of those qualities will fulfill the biblical requirements for stewardship, faithfulness. There are many ways the Lord can use your life for him. But if you want to be a good steward, it is required that you be faithful. He tells us that if we are going to be counted upon as stewards in the house of God and attend to the important matters of the Father's house, we'll have to be faithful. And there are several reasons which I believe God's stewards have to be faithful. First, faithful in prayer, faithful in witnessing faithful in living, living for the Lord in his presence, faithful in giving. In the book of Galatians 6 and 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If we look at Ecclesiastes 5, verses 4 and 5, we'll understand what God expects when we pledge our finances for his glory. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. So I believe and know that you no longer need to be fed only spiritual milk, but you're ready for meat. Praise God. Folks have been telling us lately how much God loves us, and he does, and how much God wants to have a personal relationship with us. He wants that. But let's remember that God has divine expectations for us, and believe me, he does. He's given us life. 
expecting to receive back from us service from us. He expects to receive love from us. He expects us to obey him. That's obedience. He expects us to worship him, to praise him, and to fellowship with him. He loves it. He's given us our finances, expecting to receive some of it back for his plan. I know that as the Spirit of God deals with us, our lives will fall into complete order and stewardship for his glory in every area of our lives, praying and witnessing, living and giving. Well, this is from God's Word, and I know that you always love to receive the Word. The Bible says, Great peace have they that love thy law, that means love the Word, and nothing shall offend them. You've been listening to The Hour of Anointing. To order David Ingalls' products, including music CDs and downloads, soundtracks and songbooks, call us toll-free at 1-877-34-RADIO or visit us online at diministries.org. And while you're there, check out audio archives of past programs, including today's broadcast. Our mailing address is David Ingalls Ministries, P.O. Box 1924, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74101. When writing, please include an offering for Radio Time along with the call letters of this station. Tune in weekdays at this same time for the Hour of Anointing with David Ingalls.